Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Reality is a mixed bag, isn't it? Reality is literally just what you make of it. Months ago, our reality was different than it is right now. Now we spend more time within the corners of our mind and the corners of our homes than we would have ever thought possible before. I know I am. And that realization of spending so much time in our inner means that what we see or hear may not always be what it seems. Often there are obscuring tricks of the light or ghostly whispers that sound like whistles on the wind. It comes down to the mind's eye to believe in the stories that reveal horrors that can deceive. All of it hides behind the veil of a distorted reality. First, a harrowing tale based on the mythic internet video, Girl Dog. Next, a visitor's facade falls when faced with their hunger. After that, a letter for the lady in the frame, and a new tale of a demon on the wall. And finally, a message from beyond demands your attention. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support Something Scary, consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, you can help the show and also be a part of it. Hear your name featured in a story on the podcast, our weekly video, and see ad-free episodes. For more information, visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Dog Girl. Have you seen the video of the mysterious dog girl? The found footage clip went viral and also inspired this tale of a mysterious new cryptid. One night, Regina slept over at her cousin Tiff's while her aunt and uncle were on an overnight work trip. The girls made a blanket fort in Tiff's living room and stayed up late to tell each other spooky stories. Tiff's family had only recently moved into the house, but she was anxious to tell her cousin a story about her new home. Apparently, 10 years ago, the first owners of this house claimed their young daughter Ella had gone missing 
began Tiff. They were in the living room watching TV when they heard their daughter's screams from the bathroom. There was scratching and whimpering coming from behind the door. The father shouted Ella's name, but there was no response. When the dad managed to kick down the bathroom door, they nearly fainted at what they saw. The floor and walls were covered in blood. Scratches covered the shower curtain, and in the bathtub, the water was stained with blood. But Ella was gone. The room was empty, door locked, but the window, the light of the full moon shone through the window that something had crashed through from the outside. The lack of evidence led the police around in circles, but the girl was never found. Sometime later, a neighbor went out to feed their dog and found another dog hogging the bowl, but it was a weird dog, hairless all over, long black hair on its head. It looked like a human girl, but it had a snout and jaw like a dog. Snarling, it turned and ran off on all fours. Other neighbors saw the dog girl too, and even recorded footage that made it onto the news. The police made a DNA match on a piece of hair it left behind. The dog girl was Ella. It turns out that after she'd somehow been transformed into this wild thing, she tried to go back home but her parents couldn't handle her and tried to abandon her in the wild. When they were caught neglecting her, the dad committed suicide and the mom was locked away for abandoning their child. What happened to Ella? Regina asked. They didn't know what to do with her either. She was half child, half dog, Tiff continued. They say she was taken into a lab or sanctuary, but before they could figure out what to do, she got loose. And people still see her wandering the streets to this day. A sudden growl and barking surrounded the tent. And Regina jumped out and onto the couch to see a video of a barking dog on the living room TV. Tiff rolled on the ground with laughter. Regina stormed out of the room and huffed that she was going to go brush her teeth. As Tiff was catching her breath, she suddenly heard scratching and tapping on the tile in the front hall. Regina, I thought you went to the bathroom. Tiff peered into the darkened hallway and saw a figure in the dark, sniffing around on all fours like a dog. The scratching intensified. Hey, Regina, sorry about the joke, but can you stop that? At the sound of her voice, Tiff watched as the figure froze, focused on her, and started to growl low in its throat, then began approaching her on its hands and feet. Regina? Tiff whimpered, feeling the cold draft blow in through the now open front door. As the shape stalked closer, Tiff realized it wasn't Regina at all. Out of the dark emerged a large, pale snout with snarling fangs and a head of long, tangled black hair. Its human-like eyes locked with Tiff's as the beast's shuddering jaw growled and dripped foam, steam panting off its breath. Its claws tapped and scratched on the tile. The claws were attached to limbs, resembling human hands and feet. It agilely crept closer. Uh, Ella? Regina would never forget the unearthly snarling, tearing, and screaming she heard from the hall as she came out of the bathroom, hands still wet from the sink. She had no way to explain to Tiff's parents or authorities the trail of blood and evidence of struggle that had been dragged through the front door. When Tiff's mangled remains were found, her death had been ruled as an animal attack. But deep down, Regina knew 
Ella had come home. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A stranger seeks to sate their thirst, but they want more than water. And this story, inspired by Mikey. Hello, Markia. I've been listening to your podcast since the start of quarantine and now have the courage to share my family's experience. We're Catholic, and we truly believe in good and evil spirits, but we do not engage with them to avoid danger. However, we have scary experiences we can't believe happened to us. The first one I want to share with you happened when I was in first grade. My father and I were on a vacation in his province. We stayed in my great-grandparents' house. In the Philippines, people who live in rural places strongly believe in folklore and supernatural stories that were passed down through generations. This was the story that my father told me on the second day there that occurred while I slept. My great-grandmother and my father always woke up at six in the morning to prepare breakfast and do a little cleaning around the house. By then, the sun was high, bright, and warm. I was sleeping in a room on the second floor where the windows viewed the front of the house. My father swept the floor of the living room below. It was a peaceful morning until... My great-grandfather's dog, Bimbo, started barking. My father said he peeked through the old Jalousie windows only to see Bimbo and the other dog, Brownie, growling. There stood a young man, completely still, who stared at the second-floor windows of the house, the windows of the room I slept in. My father asked my Lola, great-grandmother, if she was expecting company, that he saw a young visitor standing outside. My Lola peeked through the old Jalousi windows and, according to my father, didn't look happy to see the man. She told him to stay inside and make sure everything was squeaky clean in the living room. My father finished cleaning and then peeked through the windows again. He saw my great-grandmother open the gate for the young man and lead him towards the living room. She and the young man sat on the wooden chairs, but while great-grandmother looked calm, the young man looked restless. She called him Aiho, which means young man or son in Filipino, and asked him what he wanted. The young man whispered, water. Father said Lola found it odd for the young man to ask for water, but still brought it for him anyway. He gulped down the glass full of water without taking a breath, then asked for another one. My father began to feel as though the young man wanted something in the house, and it was not for a good reason. My great-grandmother firmly held a Wallis Tambo, 
a type of broom used to clean inside the house the entire time. The young man seemed preoccupied by something else. My father said he started sniffing and pointing his nose upwards like a hungry dog. At first, he thought it looked weird, but later realized what he wanted, or more like who he wanted. The young man looked to the stairs, and my father was about ready to throw a punch if he tried to make his way to me. He growled at my father and began to try to push past him. His face changed and his mouth expanded, exposing a long, serpent-shaped tongue. Before it could move past my father, my Lola stood between them, holding her broom upside down. If there's nothing else you need here, you should go now, she said. The visitor snarled. He looked terrified and stared at the Wally Stambo that seemed to ward him away from attempting to go up the stairs. She opened the door, and the visitor growled again and jumped out, running towards the front gate into the woods. What was that thing? My father asked. My Lola placed the broom on her porch and let it rest upside down. It was an Aswang, thirsting for the young blood of our first great-grandson. I wasn't sure at first, but we needed to know for sure to properly ward it and protect Mikey. My great-grandmother told my father that the Aswang needed the life of a firstborn grandson to live. It thirsted for my life. They got to work and collected more brooms to place all around the property to keep me safe until the Aswang moved along. When I woke up that morning, father thought it best to tell me the story so I wouldn't go far past the property. They found out it moved along after the body of a different body was claimed by a nearby river. My father brought me back home right after that. Thank you, Mikey, for sharing your experience with us. That is terrifying. For those that aren't familiar with uh, the Aswang, it's shape-shifting evil spirits in Filipino folklore. Think witches, werebeasts, ghouls, vampires, such as this entity that wanted to suck the life out of Mikey when they were younger. And for those that don't believe in the Aswang, isn't it interesting how so many different cultures can have the same types of ghouls and spirits and beasts, and they're just known by different names? But how about stories that your loved ones have about you? Are there any spirits that they have protected you from? Ask them. You might learn something horrifyingly true. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. And now, Fan Mail seeks to answer the mystery of the woman in the frame from our Beware the Uninvited podcast. Hi, Markia. First off, I'd like for you to know that I am a giant fan of Snarled and the paranormal. I've been watching and listening to Snarled for three years now and am still in love with everything you do. 
I am writing in response to the second story of last week's podcast. I think it was called The Lady in the Frame. My theory is that the beautiful girl in the painting was a spirit that will live eternally. I believe this because of the flower crown, which is a sign of eternity. The spirit might have used dark magic to live forever when she was alive, but she might have messed up the ritual and attached herself to the house. If you think about it, getting trapped in a mirror for eternity wouldn't make anyone happy. No wonder the spirit was very sad. Now I think the young girl could see her because many have come to believe children can see much more than adults can. This may be because as they grow, their lack of belief in the supernatural world diminishes their vulnerability to it. The veil of it is pulled over them as they choose to ignore it and not question their reality. This is why the child was the only one who could see the trapped spirit. And to answer your question, Marquia, in my belief, yes, the spirit is still in that house. I would just like for you to know I'm no expert by any means, but this is what I think is what's happening. Everything we theorize about the paranormal might not entirely be true, as it changes depending on different perspectives. We have no understanding of what the paranormal truly is. Some don't even believe because it's too much for the human brain to cope with. I do hope that one day we understand the ways of the unknown. With love, support, and care, Carmia. Thank you, Carmia, for this very thoughtful and in-depth letter. I do enjoy your take of it, and it is a possibility, something that we explore in movies and in stories uh, is the very humanness of what we do. And by that, I mean, there's a number of people that would want to live forever. And if they found something such as a ritual that would bind their spirit to something to have them live forever. And yes, I guess in a way I'm looking at Voldemort here. I'm sorry, he who shall not be named. There are people out there that would make something like that of themselves. So who's to say that this woman, this lady in the frame, did not do this same exact thing? I guess the only way that we could really find out is if anybody wants to volunteer to go to the house and give a thorough examination of it. Which reminds me of this story based on the true experience of another restless spirit on a wall, inspired by Surushti. The dark is a habitat for unseen and negative forces who hide away during the day and stalk the environment at night. They are everywhere and are constantly watching us, not wanting to be seen. However, some can leave clues that drag our attention to their presence. I have been a victim of a couple of supernatural experiences in my early childhood. They didn't involve me being attacked or thrown on the floor. No, these involve me seeing and hearing things that others cannot. My name is Surushti. I'm 14 years old, and this is what I've experienced. There was this apartment that my family had lived in. There were no cult sites nearby, and it was a peaceful place. I was three years old when my dad had to go to Singapore for a business trip, leaving just me and my mom alone in the apartment for two weeks. One thing I must mention is that my family is very incredibly spiritual. My earliest memories were of religious festivals and gatherings that my father hosted. The negative energies didn't like it and tended to stay away until he left, which made me vulnerable to the horrors I would see. It was nighttime, and my mom was sitting on the sofa, carrying me and telling me a story from a Hindu text. 
The sofa was against a wall facing the balcony. My mom was facing forward, thus making me face the wall. I was engaged in the story she was telling me until my attention drifted towards the wall. The paint seemed to swirl out of focus, and my mother's voice sounded far when I saw it. One of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. It was a tall, greenish-yellow demon with a scraggly beard, a sunken mouth, and sharp teeth. It had one large, bulbous eye, and half its body was inside the wall. Its arm was rested on the side of the wall, revealing claw-like hands with pointed nails. It stared at me. I just stared back, terrified. Unable to move, I could barely hear my mom, and her voice slowly stopped. Silence. Everything went quiet. And then, it began to talk. I don't exactly remember what it said, but it was along the lines of, Nothing can protect you while he is gone. I'm far more powerful than any book. It was taunting me. At three years old, I didn't understand that, but that's the best I could describe his attention as. While stuck there, I could feel my energy draining, but I couldn't do anything but stare and be scared. A while later, after a low <laughs> demonic laugh of satisfaction, it went back inside the wall without a trace. The noises around me started again. I could hear my mom's voice clearly and everything was back to normal. This continued for days, but when my father came back, it stopped. We moved out of that place shortly after. I didn't speak of this incident until a few months ago after I got a weird memory of the apartment we had lived in and the monster I had seen. I told my mom everything, and after analyzing the situation, we think we know why this happened. The entity knew that my family's energy was strongest when we were all together. It waited to strike when there were only two of us. My mother confessed she felt the chilling presence of something cold behind her while she read, but didn't see anything but my expressionless face. I didn't respond to her, so she read and prayed every night I was visited. The negative entities tried to make itself seem more powerful while my dad was gone. Since I was only three, I was an easy target for them to scare and control. I know that these types of things exist in the world because I have seen it with my own eyes, heard it, and had my senses controlled by it. This is why I know to be careful around certain sketchy places and people. I don't know how long the demon was in there, but I'm glad that I never saw it again. If you are listening to this, and if you are experiencing things like this, then please remember this message. Spiritually cleanse your home regularly and fight those forces back. Thank you, Sarushti, for sharing this experience with us and also that very, very excellent advice about spiritually cleansing your home. There are many different ways to do that. Um, one of which is that you can take um, small bowls of sea salt and place those in strategic corners of your home, kind of like a, it's an easy way to cleanse, especially with something that's already in your kitchen cabinet. You can also do a series of protective stones in different places. I know I talk about protective stones a lot. <laughs> it's because I always keep them around me um, in, in places in my own home. Along with that, there are candles that you can light. You can also light 
uh, Palo Santo, which is a type of wood that you can pick up in a number of different places, not just in crystal shops. Something to keep in mind with cleansing crystals and candles and um, sage or, and the whatnot is that all of this does not have to cost you a lot of money. All of these practices that humans have distilled amongst themselves through generations, it came from things that were around their homes and in their homes. And while I say yes, if you have the means to support your local crystal or spiritual center, then please do. Otherwise, you really can look in the same places that you would buy your normal groceries from or the herbology that's surrounding your home now. So for those of you out there, do you have your methods of spiritually cleansing your home to protect from any experiences, but especially experiences such as the demon in the wall or the lady in the frame? I am extremely curious and would love for you to share that with us. So let us know something scary at snarled.com. When it's your time, it's your time. Death is never late and does not like early arrivals like in this story, inspired by Deanna. Koya Yoshino stood at the bus stop, waiting for the next one to arrive. He was on his way home and beyond tired. All he wanted was to rest after dealing with tedious office hours and being overworked. So overworked, he missed the early bus home. It was raining and he forgot his umbrella. Where is my mind, he wondered. He shielded his face with his arm, which prevented him from noticing a large SUV speeding down the street with no sign of slowing down. Just as he was about to step onto the road, he felt a hand on his shoulder pull him back. He uncovered his face and in front of him was a woman holding a red umbrella. She turned to Koya with a smile. He thanked her profusely before she could speak. You're welcome. I was here to save you from a devastating accident. It's not your time, she replied cryptically. Before he could ask what she meant, she gave another smile and walked across the street. Another car rushed between them with the woman vanished from sight. Koya was shocked. She didn't get hit by the car. He reasoned it was impossible she could have gone anywhere else that fast. His mind was probably just playing tricks on him, he figured, as the bus home finally pulled to its stop. She'd said it wasn't his time. What did she mean by that? He tried to push the thoughts into the deepest parts in his mind and forgot about the experience for a few months. And one day, he was compelled to write from an internet cafe by the bus stop. It felt like something was enticing him to go in. He picked a round table near the large front window. Good morning, sir. Are you ready to order? A woman's voice asked. He looked up. It was her, the woman from the bus stop. You, you were at the bus stop on West Street. You prevented me from getting hit by a car when it was raining, he said, baffled to see her again. Well, I apologize for my rudeness. I'm Poppy. Nice to see you again, Koya Yoshino. It just wasn't your time to go back then. The woman gave an even wider smile. Excuse me? Go where? He asked angrily. He knew for a fact there was no way for her to know his name. As if she could read his mind, she responded. I'm sorry to rain on your parade, but I'm no stalker. I'm something much more frightening. I'm taking you with me soon, one way or another. 
Poppy threatened, her eyes flashing blood red. Koya jumped out of his seat and ran out of the shop. When he got home, he went into his bathroom and threw water on his face. As he lifted his head, there Poppy stood behind him in the mirror. What are you? Why are you here? What do you want? He asked. One question at a time, Poppy replied, stepping forward. The closest thing to what I am could be called a death reaper. Why am I here? I'm here to tell you some great news, of course. You, Koya Yoshino, are scheduled to die. Koya could feel his heart rate quicken and his stomach drop as his mind finished processing what Poppy had told him. No, 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 this isn't real. He tightly closed his eyes, moving his hands to cover his ears. This is not real. You are not real. Poppy's callous smile turned to anger. I don't make the rules. I would suggest coming with me. I have other clients that would be more accepting of their fate. Poppy gave him a light push and his body fell heavily to the ground. She hovered over him with her hand reached out for him. Please, I beg you, leave me be. I just want to be left alone, Koya pleaded. I'm sorry, rules are rules, but don't worry. It'll all be over soon. I can promise you that. He scrambled back, his vision blurry. It looks like your time is up, Koya. Koya felt paralyzed. His body stiffened. He gasped for breath and heard his heartbeat struggle to pound. His heart stopped. Later, Koya's body was found alone in his apartment by authorities. There was no sign of anything out of the ordinary. The investigator filled the coroner in with information. Koya Yoshino, age 37. White-collar job, no wife, no children, no history of serious medical issues. All other family are either dead or outside the country. Time of death was 7.45 a.m. The medical examiner bent down. Cause of death appears to be a massive myocardial infarction, likely due to a psychotic episode. The man overworked himself and was possibly hallucinating until he had a heart attack. Don't see it often. The medical examiner, who looked a lot like Poppy, continued her diagnosis. Someone scaring themselves to death. This week's podcast stories were edited by Marquia McCarty, Sabina Graves, and James H. Carter II. Narration by Marquia McCarty. Audio edited by Fitz Harris and Calvin Linderman. Graphics by Johnny Ashley. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings. Sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.